This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, good morning, everybody. So glad that you're worshiping with us here at the Harbor Church as we gather online on this beautiful first Sunday morning. We're excited, Wendy and I, just to be with you. And what a powerful, amazing time of worship. I've just been blown away by how Holy Spirit has just been moving through these times as we worship and gather together online and and lift up the name of Jesus. It's 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 incredible. Totally. And I've been here during the worship and I've also been at home watching it via live stream and you can really feel the Lord. So incredible. Online. So we're gonna we're gonna start off because it's first Sunday, we wanna yeah. stick to how we normally do first Sundays and that's celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, and have a special family highlight for you this morning. So I'm going to turn over to Wendy. It's going to be an amazing time. And we're excited to celebrate with you. And I just want to remind you, like we're celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. And if it's your birthday anniversary, I want you to put the information in on the chat. We have live chat going and we want to know that it's your birthday. We also want to know how many years you've been married, right? That's exciting. So let us know who you are. Go on the chat. We have people there wanting to celebrate with you and, and, and just rejoice, and, and in a minute we're going to pray for you as well, yeah, so it's going to be a fun, sure. fun time together. So if it's your birthday in the month of April, or if it's your anniversary, I'm going to kind of do things a little bit different today. I'm going to put them both together, and at the end, I'm going to pray for you and actually have you stand up too, just like we always yes. do. So um, if it's your birthday in the month of April, or it's your anniversary, um, I just want to say over you that this is going to be a banner year for Come you. On. It's going Come to be on. a banner year, despite what's been going on, despite how we feel. I'm going to declare over your life this is going to be a banner year. And we see um, that Moses and the Israelites, that they are going to the promised land. How many of you know we're all going to the promised land? Yes. And they're in this, this moment in history, and when you look around, and it's a dry and desert place for them. But um, everyone's complaining, even though God is with them. He's that, that, that pillar of fire by night and that cloud by day, but they're still, they're still complaining, you know. And in the midst of it, they're like, God, are you even here with us? And then the next scene, you see them going um, into um, this place, the, the Emleks, and you see Joshua with his sword, and he's going into battle. And then you see Moses as he ascends this hill, and he's got a staff with him because that staff has been a promise. He's done so much with that staff, and he holds both of his arms up with that staff. And as long as he he keeps his arms up, they're winning that battle. And as he gets weary and tired, um, it comes down. And but yet Aaron and her come beside him. They climb up that hill with him side by side, and they actually make Moses sit down on a rock, so he actually is able to rest in the midst of all of this battle, and praise the Lord with his hands, and declare that the battle belongs to the Lord, and they hold his arms up, and they stand beside him, so it's beautiful to see Joshua 
with his sword. And then I can't help but think, like when I see the three, um, when I see Moses and Aaron and her, I just think about like a cord of three strands cannot be broken, right? Just like with our, our, our anniversaries this month. So um, I love it because in that one moment, God says this, he says um, to, he says this to, um, to Moses, he said, I want you to, I want you to tell Aaron, I mean Joshua, I want you to tell Joshua that um, all that he's going to do he, in this battle, it's going to be as if he blots out that the Amaleks ever were underneath heaven. Like he's going to totally blot, blot that out. So all the pain and all the, every, all the suffering that they put on him, they're going to totally blot it out. So I just want to say to you, like, whatever you're going through, you know, if you're celebrating your birthday month as a mom, I know my, my daughter's birthday is this month, and it's not something that I would want for her, but I just really believe that God is going to give you a double portion Long for Jesus. everything that you're going through, and for all those anniversaries that we're going to go out and celebrate, the same for you. Like, God is going to take right. you to a place of intimacy just by being together that you've never known, and God's going to give you that double portion, too. So I want to do this. I just want to pray for you and ask God to bless you on this beautiful birthday month with you where, where God is going to do above and beyond all that you could ever hope for or imagine. And for the for you and your anniversary, God is just going to, he's going to so bless you in so many different ways. And I, I just totally believe that um, as we're going through this together. So Lord, I thank you so much um, for the birthdays and, and for the celebration of life. And Lord, I just ask that your face would so shine um, on those celebrating their birthday this month and that you would draw close to them and Jesus. comfort them and that they would feel excited, Lord, that, that this couldn't steal the excitement that they have in their heart for their birthday and we celebrate them. And Lord, we thank you for marriage and we thank you for intimacy and we thank you that, um, Lord, a, a cord of three strands cannot be broken, that we are stronger and that we are yes, better Jesus. together. Yes, and Lord, if, if anyone, I'm just going to pray, if anyone is, is facing hardship or, or, or loss of jobs, um, Lord, this will not overshadow your glory. This will not overshadow what you want to do in the lives of, of your people. And we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, amen. You know, it was when he was praying, I just felt something like, you know, in moments like this, there can be a lot of pressure, right? There can be a lot of, of, of strife that can potentially try to come in. And we just want to stand with you and just say, hey, listen, we're not going to let any of that stuff come and up, up root or upset what's going on in our hearts during this time. So we bless you on this day. Wow, we have a special family highlight today, as we always do. We're so thankful for all the members, partners, as we call them, of this body. And so today, Wendy, tell us who yeah, we're going to be this special. I have my imaginary family basket here <laughs> that I'm going to give them. We're going we're gonna to celebrate Felicia and Kadil um, Hussein today. And they're three beautiful, beautiful kids. kids. Jazina, Amari, um, and Ara. We're just so thankful for you, and we just we just love you. And being part of the medical community myself, I know that um, I know how hard it is, and I know we have people in the front line that are giving up their lives. And Kadil actually is a medical doctor, and his wife, and um, God bless her, is staying home taking care of the kids while he's given his life to other people. Yeah, in the front lines, in the emergency room. So actually, what we're going to do together is we're going to make a call to them. And just hear from them and their family. And then we're going to take a moment at the end. And we're going to pray over all those that are, that are working in the medical community. So let's give them a call here real quick and talk to them. Hello? Hello. Hey, is this Felicia? Hey, Felicia. Yes, hey, hey, it's Darren and Wendy. Is Kadil there with you? He's here with yeah. 
Hey guys. Hey, first of all, on behalf of the entire Harbor Church family, we want to just celebrate you guys in this family highlight today on this beautiful Sunday morning. And we just want to let you know how much we appreciate you and how thankful for we are for your family. You guys just recently uh, moved back here from New York. Is that right? Yep. The Bronx. Tell us what you were doing up there, Cadell. Uh, I was finishing my uh, four-year emergency, uh, emergency medicine residency in uh, probably one of the busiest hospitals in the country in the Bronx. Wow, wow, wow. And I know that that was not an easy time for you guys and your family, right? As you were up there in, in New York finishing up that residency. For sure, and with the two of us, we had family there, so we really had to um, just kind of rely on each other for support. Totally, totally. So no family present. Cadill's working, Lord only knows how many hours, and in the midst of incredible pressure situations and in a trauma center there in, in the Bronx, and and so now you guys are back in South Florida, reconnected to the Harbor family, and here you are working where now, Cadill? Tell us. So I work at uh, Memorial Regional uh, Trauma Center in Hollywood. Okay, and you're working in the ER, is that, is that right? Yes, I'm in the ER doctor. So tell us, my friend, like, you know, what is life like in the ER now compared to when you first began there at, at Memorial Regional in Hollywood? So even though this is a very busy place and I was surprised coming from the Bronx because it was extremely busy there that Memorial is one of the busiest hospitals in the state here. I didn't know that <laughs> before I signed my job contract. And then uh, and then with this coronavirus, it's totally changed everything, how we practice. Um, you know, luckily we had time to see what happened in Italy and what happened in China. And now what happened in New York, unfortunately, where all my friends are. And um, uh, we've, we've put a lot of stuff in place um, there's a lot of fear even amongst the doctors, you know, like they're afraid to come to the ER, to see consults. So we're the ones on the front line. We're the ones, you know, taking, taking the patients as they, as they come in from the ambulance. Wow. Wow. So, so tell us this, because we're going to pray for you guys at the end here. Tell us how we can be in prayer for you. Felicia would love to hear on your side as a mom, as a wife, uh, you know, it, it, married to someone who's working in the ER, and not only you guys, but like, let us know and understand about the whole medical community that's out there, and how we can just stand on behalf of what y'all are doing uh, for the sake of the good goodness in our city. Talk to us a little bit about that. So, being um, a stay-at-home mom, work-from-home mom, married to a doctor, sometimes I would feel like I'm a single mom. So I really feel for how it is for single moms because you have to be there 100% most of the times anyway. There's, when he's off, he's, he's here and he's present, so it's really good. Now in this situation um, where most people are trying to stay away from public places, he is exposed. He does have to be there. And wow. so for me at home, I do my best. Like I have him come in through the garage. I sectioned off like a quarantine area for him when he takes his shoes off, he takes his clothes off, it's in a bag. And then he goes into a separate uh, bathroom where I change his towels every day. He has a, a face cloth, a hand mm -hmm. towel, a body towel, but wow. clothing for him. So before he is around us, he can uh, just be, uh, 
sanitize. <laughs> Spray them with Lysol? <laughs> yeah, we use Lysol as a shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> and just try to do my best to keep the house. Um, I open the windows every day and I have uh, essential oils diffusing. And I mean, it's all we can do in the natural and try to stay positive and not be fearful because if you're if you're living in fear and you're worried you're, or you're stressed out you're gonna bring your um your immunity down and that's not what we want we totally that's also fighting chance totally yeah. kadil tell us about um how we can be praying for you and and those in the medical community so we can be aware of that yeah i mean like i mean like uh is is amazing how uh like i've even seen you fan in nurses and and other doctors coming up and call me and and uh you know just you know just peace of mind is this is, is another virus just like the influenza just like the spanish flu but the problem is it's a novel virus so our, our immunity hasn't our immune systems hasn't been exposed to it so you know god has created us and made a phenomenal body here and we're able to uh to able to fight it um it is a very real disease i've seen it we uh we have intubated like a 26 year old uh up to like 56 to 80 year old died but it people have also been recovering so amen amen people are, are sick too and they have pre you know disposed um pre other medical problems so you know go you know if you're, healthy. if you're healthy and if you eat right and this is a good time i think i was talking to one of my friends and i was telling him that uh, you know, this is the only time that the whole world could rest. Amen. <laughs> this is Amen. Amen. To rest and to have to focus on our, on our families and our and, and our relationship. With so God. good. And, um, and to just uh, rest in our mind to get off social media too, and and because that's creating a lot of uh, uh, anxiety and fear. A lot of my patients I see coming because they think they have shortness of breath and they're completely normal and they're completely fine. They even have the the issues, but they just worried that you know, they worry themselves to the point where they're showing symptoms, and after he checks them out, they're not. Yeah, yeah. So, what we respect to pain for us, you know, just you know, for us to be healthy, we are actually getting IV vitamins. We've, our chairman has been like giving us, you know, they've been feeding us, they've been trying to tell us to keep healthy, get rest. Amen. That's it. Yeah. So we're get, so we're going to take a minute and we're going to pray for you guys. We want to just thank you again on behalf of the whole entire Harbor Church. If you're online right now uh, watching, just, you know, if you're in the medical field, as Wendy gets ready to pray, we want to hear from you. Tell us where you're at. Tell us what you're doing. Tell us what you're involved in. Because as, as Felicia and Cadill represent um, really all of you this morning and so we want to just stand with all of you in prayer so Wendy would you pray for them yeah. and pray for this situation as we move yeah, forward for so. sure and Cadell I just want to speak this over your life and over um, all the medical workers out there I have two verses Luke ten nineteen. it says I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you and Isaiah 26 3 says you will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you Amen all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So Lord, we just love you, God, and, and our eyes and our hearts are fixed and focused on you, Lord. Lord, we wanna have your perspective. We wanna be where you are, Father God, as we are in the world, but not of the world. We're here on earth doing your work. And Lord, thank you for the healthcare workers, God, and the, the, the frontline EMTs, first responders, all those that are, that are being your hands and yes, being Jesus. your feet. 
Father God, I ask that you would be with them, God, that you would protect them. And there are four things that I wanted to pray for. for pray over protection comfort wisdom and peace so lord would you protect them would you protect their families father god would you not let fear falter their feet at all father god that they would go into something father god that have the wisdom that you've given them to be able to navigate each and every situation father god and lord i even pray for the ppes as they come in the protective equipment that they need lord that they would, it would be not held back in any way father god that there would be more than enough, Father God. And Lord, I pray for just your perfect peace over each of their lives, Lord Jesus, that um, even as Felicia's at home with the kids, that the kids aren't worrying about dad, um, Lord, but they're praying for dad. And Lord, we yes. just thank you so much that we have this peace in our lives that surpasses all understanding, Father God, and we can take that that peace on our feet everywhere we go, everywhere our feet touch, Father God, that, that ground becomes peaceful. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father God, for the healthcare workers. And Lord, we just thank you for this time, Lord, for the blessings that are going to come out of it. There are blessings Amen. that are going to come out of it. Families are going to be closer. We're going to know what's important in our lives. Father God, we're going to have a new appreciation for everything in life, holding hands, giving hugs, Lord, being together once again. I can't wait for that day when we come and we're all together again in the church. So Lord, thank you for the little things that we're learning out of this. And Father God, we pray, we do pray that the, the COVID-19, um, like the, the curve would just come down in the name of Jesus, Jesus and that this would be under control in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thank, thank you. you. Bye guys. Love you guys. All right, we are going to take a look into the Word for just a minute. I want to share something with you from my heart as we continue this Vision 2020 series. And I'm going to be talking actually about what I've titled Shelter in Place Process. I, I was seeing something in the Word the other day that just was blowing my mind as it related to this exact time of year going back to the time of Jesus. And if you remember, right before His um, crucifixion, he was uh, getting ready to actually come into the city. It was Passover time. They were celebrating Shabbat, which was a festival of weeks, or in English it's known as Pentecost. I'm sure you've heard of that before. And the last one was, uh, was a festival of Sukkot. It's, it literally means booth. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. And so all of that was taking place. And um, what was interesting about that time, we know that this, this is Palm Sunday today, that when he made his entrance into the city, they were waving these palm branches in honor of him, in worship of him. And so there's something very significant to that that we want to just take a look at in, in the word of the Lord. And it was during these Passover seasons, these festivals, where Israelites who were living outside of Jerusalem would make a pilgrimage back to the city the holy city during this time. And so during this time that Jesus was, was with his disciples, this Passover season, we found it to be, as you look into the scriptures, just like now, both a beautiful and tumultuous time. Isn't that interesting that there was both beauty in it as there was a tumultuous kind of season, you know, happening in that time. And so what was going on is the religious leaders of, of, of the day were plotting to to kill Jesus, to stop Jesus, to stop the ministry of Jesus. So it wasn't them. We don't have a battle against flesh and blood. We know that. But there was a spiritual dynamic taking place that was trying to stop 
or kill the ministry of Jesus that was taking place. But here's the other thing. So that was very tumultuous, right? But the other thing was that was very beautiful was the solidification of Jesus's covering was going to come over the earth and it was going to be set in place and change literally the course of how humanity related to God and how God related to humanity, even when a spiritual darkness was trying to come and hinder mankind on the earth. So I want you to look with me briefly. We're just going to look at this for a couple of minutes. In John chapter 11, beginning in verse 48, look what's going on here, okay? It's actually verse 47. It says, Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. And they said, What are we going to do? As they asked each other this question. This is powerful. He said, This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. Now, you've got to remember, they were saying all of this just after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, I don't know if there could have been a worse situation that Jesus had to face when he not only came and found his friend and passed away, but he had been in the grave several days and his body had already begun to decompose. So when they heard of this news and they got testimony that Lazarus had been raised from the dead, they were like, man, this man is doing miraculous signs in the earth. Then they said in verse 48, they said, if we allow him to go on like this, soon, look at the language here, everybody will believe in him and then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. In other words, all they were concerned about was their religious way of life. And they were felt and feeling very threatened that all of that was going to come to the end if everybody believed in Jesus. Right? You see, there's a spirit of the world that's out there that's fighting against the ministry of Jesus, the kingdom of God that is going to flow through his people in the earth in this time. Now look at this in verse 53 of chapter 11. It says, from that time on, the Jewish leaders begin to plot Jesus' death. In other words, the death angel, just like in the time of Passover, through this spirit that was operating through these individuals, was being released on the earth again. In, in this final attempt, I believe the enemy is trying to stop the ministry of Jesus. And what I want us to take a look at is how that parallels today. All right? As God has been speaking to many of us that, that he's going to bring this revival in the year 2020 that will usher in a reformation of what, what it looks like even culturally in our cities, I believe the enemy is nervous. And even through what's taking place with COVID-19 and all this kind of craziness that's happening in the world right now, it's just like what's going on back then. Maybe to a different degree, a whole different scenario, obviously, but it's the enemy trying to stop the ministry of Jesus working through his church. But look with me on what this shelter-in-place process, I'm calling it today, looks like as we dive into the word of the Lord. John chapter 11, verse 54. It says, this is crazy, as a result of what was happening in that time when they were plotting to kill Jesus, Jesus chose to stop his public ministry among the people and he left the spiritual epicenter of Jerusalem. In other words, he left the church building, all right? And he went to a place, it says, near the wilderness, catch that, to the village of Ephraim, 
and stayed there with his disciples. Now, as I first looked at that, I was like, oh no, they're going back into the wilderness. No, listen, Jesus had come out of the wilderness. It felt like he was going back in, I'm sure for the disciples, but they stopped on the edge of the wilderness, near the wilderness, and just stayed there for a little bit. I think it's important for us to understand, listen, all that's happening right now, whatever you're facing, we faced job loss in our family. We faced, we faced the loss of the senior year of our son. We're facing our daughter fa- having a birthday in the month of April. Like all of these kind of things, our parents being, you know, fearful as, as elderly ones and stuff. And it feels like, oh my gosh, are we going into the wilderness? No, we're not going into the wilderness. We're going to camp near the edge of it for a little bit. And what, what appears to be shutting down is not shutting down at all. It actually might be the most beautiful time for us to stop, be with the Lord, be with the ones that we're close to, and find rest in Him. So here's what I want to say to you, point number one. I believe in this season, just like in the time of Jesus, the church moves from the temple to the edge of the wilderness. All right, From the temple to the edge of the wilderness. In John chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, look what happens. In the next point, it says that six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrives in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man who he had raised from the dead, and a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha serves Lazarus among those that ate with him and the rest of, of those that were here present for this dinner. So what's crazy to me as I see this, at some point after they, they spend some time on the edge of the wilderness... Um, the church moves from the edge of the wilderness into the home. So check this out with me. What, what felt initially like maybe craziness, pandemonium, I, I know that we experienced that as a staff. Wendy and I were walking through this that very first week. Felt like, oh my gosh, are we going back into this, this place of emptiness, darkness, the wilderness? No, we were there for a few days. And as we got settled in a rhythm, we brought all of this back into the home. I want you to think about this as, as it relates to the church and even the ministry of Jesus. The, think, think moving from religion back into relationship where everything is centered around a meal. And we're going to take here at the end communion together on first Sunday. The meal of remembrance of what Jesus did. So we're moving from the edge of the wilderness in this shelter-in-place process back into the home, that, that place of comfort, that place of, of where we feel safe, where we feel like we're, we're sheltered in, in, in the protective arms of the Lord. You know, I want to submit that it's in this home environment where, you know, maybe, yeah, no more church gatherings right now, all that kind of thing. I believe the Lord is up to something. It's in this home environment where costly worship breaks out. Look with me in chapter 12, verse 3. It says, Mary, in this time, around this dinner, takes this 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume. Uh, scholars would say that it was, it was worth a year's wages. Um, and she anointed Jesus' feet with, this, with it. She was preparing the proclamation of the gospel to go forth through this worship that was taking place in her home. And it says the house was filled with the fragrance of this beautiful moment. Oh my goodness. We're going to go back into worship here in just a minute. But I want you to think about this as we're gathered online yet worshiping in our homes. What would it look like if we position our hearts 
in this shelter-in-place process of the Lord, where we're coming out of those fears of being, oh my gosh, we're at the edge of the wilderness, yet now settling within our homes and making our homes this place where where we're giving everything, where we're pouring out this costly ointment of sincere, no longer religious worship, where we're, we're, where we're moving from religion back, maybe where we've had some of that in our lives, back into relationship again. And we're centering this worship around that beautiful meal of a body that was broken and blood that was sped, shed for us. Because that's what this season all, is all about when we come into Resurrection Weekend here in just another week. You see, In every move of God, I want you to take notice of this, because as we give our hearts to worship, there's going to be that voice of the critic coming to all of our ears. And we we need to know that that, that it's not the voice of the Lord, that it's, it's the voice of another trying to dissuade us from worship. Look what Judas says in chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. The disciple who was going to betray Jesus, it says that this perfume was worth a year's wages. And he, and he says, this should have been sold for the poor. In other words, you should be doing something different than this right now. You, should, you shouldn't be in your home worshiping. You shouldn't be giving this costly ointment uh, to Jesus in this way. It should be being done for all uh, busyness or doing this or that or whatever the case may be. But all of this sets the stage for the third point of this shelter-in-place process and what God's doing with the church. And that's taking it from the home. Listen to me ultimately into the streets again. You see, the whole heart of the Lord in what He's doing in and through us as a body, even in our times of equipping as we gather, whether it's online, in person, in a small class, in a small group, doesn't matter. He's wanting to see this move of God go to the streets. Look at this with me in John chapter 12, verse 9. It says, When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, as He came out of the home, made his way back into the city, was on the streets. It says, look at this, this is amazing. To see him and to also see Lazarus, the man who Jesus had raised from the dead. I find that profound. They want to see the Lord, but they also want to see the one who he's raised from the dead. Oh my goodness, think about that. Like Jesus being seen in us, ones who were dead, who were dry bones, who had nothing going on in our lives. They want to see the resurrection life that's flowing in us. And as Jesus makes his way into the church again, into the, into the city of Jerusalem, they're looking for him, but they're looking for who's this one walking with him. You see, the world is looking for a church that's been raised again from the dead. As I wrap this up, John chapter 12, verse 12 and 13, it says, The next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches, all right? The same ones that that were the construction of the roof of the Sukkot, the, the, the tabernacle that we're to go into, that we're to find shelter in the midst of a storm. They're now taking these palm branches and they're, and they're waving them as Jesus walks down the road to meet him. Um, they, they see this in verse 13. And they shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. The king, they were crowning him with their worship as the king over all of Israel. Now here's the deal. And I thought about this as I was looking at this verse. Does all of this look perfect? 
with all the bells and whistles, like, like, man, we got this whole thing all together. We're doing all of this perfect. We feel like, oh my gosh, we're exuding just, you know, the, 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 the dynamic leadership in the, in the perfect ways in the season. No, I mean, he comes riding in on a donkey for goodness sake. But look at what it says in verses 14 and 15. All of this, in fact, even the fact that everything wasn't perfect and all polished, he came riding in on this donkey. It was a sign for the people not to be afraid. Verses 14 and 15 says, Jesus found a young donkey, rode in on it, and fulfilling the prophecy, don't be afraid. Verse 15, people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. As we go back into worship and just really set our hearts before the Lord and say, God, come and let us pour out ointment at your feet. God, bring us from religion to that edge of the wilderness where we maybe feel a little uncomfortable, but we can spend some time with you in that moment as we we come into our homes to to celebrate the Lord's doing around a meal and and begin to enter into this space of worship. Let's ourselves begin to wave branches of worship in honor of our King who's making his way back into a city called Fort Lauderdale, called Pompano Beach, called Deerfield, called Boca Raton, called Miami-Dade, whatever city you may find yourself in, not only in the South Florida region, but around the state, around our nation, and around the world, wherever you may be watching this morning. Let's begin to wave those palm branches as worship as Jesus comes back into the city in this way. Let's worship. Let's worship. Oh,
So powerful in John chapter 12, verse 19. After this move of God begins to sweep across the people as Jesus makes his way back into Jerusalem, and the people are waving their palm branches in worship, they say to each other, This is amazing, there's nothing that we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. So imagine the possibility of what the Lord could do as we as we go through this shelter-in-place process, if you will, like, and we come to that, that place with the Lord where the voice of the critic, the voice of the accuser is cut off. We, we move past our fear of, oh my gosh, I don't want to go back into the wilderness. And we, we, we stay in that, that moment, even a vulnerability with our friends. And, yeah, 
was going to say, and it's okay at times to be fragile. You know, I love the, the Bible verse in 2 Corinthians says this, that we have this light shining in our hearts, even though we ourselves are fragile clay jars. And it's this beautiful treasure, and it reminds us, even in our weakness, that it's not us working in us, but it's the Lord working in our lives through us. I mean, totally. Think about the disciples at the time. They, they were like, gosh, our, our ministry's come to the end. Jesus has shut it down. We've moved to the edge of the wilderness. And... And then they transition from that place of vulnerability and fragility into that place of comfort again. In fact, we're going to pray for that as we take communion today, that we'll move into that space. Like, it's important. Our homes should be a place of refuge, should be a place of comfort where we can gather around that table together every night and reflect on the Lord's doing. So we're going to really just go there with God as we take communion together. I want you to think about this, Passover, Sukkot, Pentecost, because during this whole time, which we're actually in now, same time as Jesus, we find ourselves in now. I mean, that's crazy. In fact, if you saw in the news the other day, they said that over the next two weeks, this is probably going to be the most vulnerable time as it relates to this virus. Like, what better time for God to move in our hearts and we just begin to even pray more for those that are being affected. We need Jesus to come. But during this, this time of good, here's what would break out. Gatherings of music and dance. There was actually a celebration where there, it was called the place of water drawing would, would happen where they would carry water up the pilgrim road uh, from the pool of Siloam of all places and bring it right back into the temple of Jerusalem. It was at that pool of Siloam where, remember, the angel would trouble the water and that whoever would get into that water would find healing. See, this is what God's wanting to do through a body that was broken and through a blood that was spilled for us. And so I want Wendy just to pray over the elements. And, and if you're in your homes right now, we want you just to come and celebrate this with us. And we're going to remember uh, the Lord's Supper until He comes in fullness, right? Until He comes and visits us like we know He's going to do. Lord, we thank you for your blood, Father God, that was shed for us, Jesus. Father God. And it's, and it's literally by your stripes. We are all healed, Father God. So we thank you for power of the blood father and we we take that today if there's anyone out there that is suffering even like from anxiety or distress Jesus. father god or sickness because like adil said sometimes we'll, we'll start feeling those um, symptoms in our body when it's just really our anxiety and we're just you know convincing ourselves that we have something and i'm going to say no in jesus name that this blood would totally just wash over your mind and just um bring clarity and, and and vision that you can truly see with the eyes of jesus and lord we just thank you for your body god we thank you for your body that was broken for us father god so that we wouldn't have to be broken ourselves lord we thank you for that power we thank you for your goodness and we just we cover our harbor family right now in the name of jesus and we say as they partake of these elements with us as a community lord that we just we just declare wholeness and healing over their bodies and their minds body soul and spirit in the name of jesus of you. Last scripture I want to read is Revelation 7 verse 9. It says, after this, John, as he was taken up in this encounter, he said, I saw a vast crowd too great to count. In other words, it was another moment 
like those that were gathered on the streets as Jesus made his way into Jerusalem. It was, it was, it was a movement, really, of tons of people being impacted from every nation and tribe, people and language, standing in front of the throne of God and before the Lamb. Now look at this. It says they were clothed with white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And verse 10 says they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. There was a worship movement breaking out in this moment that John was able to behold. And so the donkey that he rode in on, that pre-grace, pre-resurrection moment, now has matured. And now he's coming on that white horse, if you will. Now it's polished. Now it's beautiful. Now it's fantastic. Now it's dynamic. That post-grace, post-resurrection reality that we now live in. That's what we get to walk in. And so listen, we are going to go there with Jesus. We're going to go there with Jesus. And we're going to walk this thing out. We're going to walk out this process. This isn't going to last forever. It's not going to be too much for any of us to bear. Let's let God have his way. All right? I want to pray that just over our hearts. Father, come and have your way in us, Lord. Wendy and I join and we say yes to what you're doing, to what you're up to in this moment. Lord, let us cooperate with your heart. Yeah, we stand with everyone out there, and we just say you're not alone, that we're with you. We wake up every day, and we think about you and your families, and we miss you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, listen, some final thoughts as we get ready to go this morning. We'll be joining you each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. The exciting thing is we'll have this service as a replay later on in the day. The time and launch of that will be determined, and we'll be getting that information to you soon. One of the things we want you to be aware of is the Harbor YouTube channel. Go ahead and find that on YouTube. Subscribe to that. You can go back and re-watch the message, the worship, the entire service, and be able to share those times with your friends as well. Or Facebook Facebook is another source as well. You can watch us live as, as, and listen to the pre-recorded or the post-play on that. And be sure to follow us on Facebook iTunes as well for messages, just the audio portion, subscribe to that as well. Just another way to stay connected. Yeah, I just want to remind everybody, we have pastoral care, so any pastoral needs you have, right, they can just just put it in the inbox. Through the Harbor app, yeah. That's all happening in prayer. All those ways that we're staying engaged. Uh, Zoom small groups are already happening. We're going to give more information on those coming out very soon. And listen, just be looking for this next week as we move into Resurrection Weekend. We're going to be having a Good Friday communion service from our home, and we want you to join in from your homes, okay? So you'll be getting more information from us on that, but we just want to say we love you, we thank God for you, and we pray for you every day, as Wendy said. Have a rest, amazing rest of your day on Sunday, in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.